Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. The beginning. Father, thank you so much for your word, for your faithfulness, for your goodness. I pray, God, that you would anoint me to speak even on a Wednesday night to teach, Lord. Help us to hear what you're wanting us to hear, and we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Lauren Daigle has a song, You Say I Am Loved When I Can't Feel a Thing. She's a Lafayette girl, y'all know. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. And you say I am held when I am falling short. And when I don't belong, oh, you say I am yours and I believe Oh, I believe what you say of me. I believe. And in a sense, that is, I am who I am says I am, no matter how I feel or how it looks. I call that, just if you haven't been here, you can go listen to the podcast, but I've got a book that's coming out soon, and it's called I Am Who I Am Says I Am. And uh, I'm excited about it, and I've been teaching from it, and uh, it's been a a labor of love and a long undertaking, and I'm still editing the edit of the edit of the edit, uh, and it's ridiculous how difficult that is. Greg warned me, and uh, he was right. It's very tedious, but getting through it, and uh, the idea is this. There's an I am statement. What is your I am statement? Who does I am say that you are? And, you know, you can start by just getting into the word. I talked about that last time. What does the Bible say about you? It doesn't just say that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's not the end of the story. The rest of the story is, if you know Jesus, if you've been born again, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, created in righteousness and true holiness. That's what the Word says about you. The the Word says that you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. The Word says old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So you can get in the Word and find these identifying factors of who you are in Christ. And and really, that is something that is core. It's who you really are. We've talked about that. You can go listen to the podcast. And, And the book is based on that. I am who I am says I am. But then also, as you get that solidified in you, those word values, then the Lord will speak to you some very specifics, the nuances of who you are in Him. What has God called you to do specifically? What what is it that's unique about you? And at LifePoint even, we'll give gift tests out. We try to identify what your strengths and weaknesses are, what your passions are. But really what I have found is that the greatest way to find out what God wants you to do is to humble yourself and be broken before the Lord. Just, I mean, let the Lord just crack you open and say... This is what I want you to do, and you surrender to that. If we only did the things we're gifted for and strong in, there wouldn't be a lot pushed forward in the kingdom of God. I have found God, well, he'll take take the foolish things of the world and confound the wise. He'll take the weak to, to move his kingdom forward. And so it may be that what you don't ever think you will do because it's not your strength, God may call you to do that. Amen. Now, I'm not being extreme and weird, you know, like if you have no musical talent, you're probably not called to be on the praise team. Let me go ahead and straighten that out, you know. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, I, I probably should move on real quickly. Let's see here. Now, 
the Holy Spirit wants you to pray uh, your I am statement. That's what I call it. And I, I've shared mine with all of you. Uh, I am a successful pastor of a powerful and growing church. I lead with wisdom, excellence, boldness, and confidence. I, I've got this whole I am statement. Valerie and I pray it, say it every day. And uh, it, it's our I am statement. And it's revolutionized our lives. And, uh, you know, if you want more information, like I said, listen to the podcast. Or you could buy my book when it comes out. I'll, I'll have that for you. But... When I say the Holy Spirit wants you to pray your I am statement and is, is going to help you and pray it through you, this is what I mean. In the New Covenant, in the New Testament, everyone who turns to Jesus, everybody who repents, has the privilege of praying in the Spirit or praying in tongues. And when I say Speaking in tongues, I mean to speak in a language you do not naturally know as the Spirit gives you utterance or the ability to do so. Speaking in tongues is not something that died with the last apostle or with the last person that they empowered to speak in tongues. That's a cessationist perspective of Scripture, and I do not believe that. I believe speaking in tongues is for us now in the 21st century, and I believe that when you are initially filled with the Holy Spirit, you will speak in tongues because that's what they did in the book of Acts. And that's called the initial evidence doctrine. But it doesn't stop there. You have a supernatural partner that wants to help you pray the will of God into existence throughout your Christian journey. Now, to some, this is like far out and fantastic and just way too mystical for their Christianity. But let me remind you, we say that we believe in a God who created everything that you can see with just the Word, with His Word. We say we believe in a Creator who created the universe, and He did it by saying words, let there be, and there was. You can't get much more fantastic and far out than that. We believe he sent his only begotten son who died on a cross, who rose from the dead, who's ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father, waiting and expecting until his enemies be made his footstool, who has poured out this Holy Spirit. We say we believe in fantastic things, so why would we not believe in something? To me, I'll tell you what, I don't think the modern church is mystical and fantastic enough. That's why there's... You've got a, a lifeless, a seemingly lifeless church not animated by the Holy Spirit because we wrote off the fact that God wants to move in the modern age just like he did in that first church. Apostle Paul planted a church in Corinth. You could look at it in Acts 19. Started out crazy, met these disciples of John, laid hands on them, they spoke in tongues, baptized them, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that church at Corinth, he had to write letters to them. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, those chapters and part of 2 Corinthians. He had to write those letters to them to govern the mystical and the fantastic, the gifts of the Spirit that were flowing at that church in Corinth because they were out of control. You can go check it out. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14. Are you with me? 
In 1 Corinthians 12, 28, there's a verse that says there are different kinds of tongues. The NIV puts it that way. Different kinds of tongues or speaking in tongues. I believe there are at least three different kinds of speaking in tongues. Number one, there's the initial evidence that I mentioned already. The initial evidence is when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, they knew in the book of Acts that you were filled with the Holy Spirit because they heard you speak in tongues. There's all kind of different things that took place. So look it up in Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19, some other inferences in 8 and 22. But the idea is this. There were other things that took place. For instance, in Acts 2, there was this great thunderous sound, a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. But in Acts chapter 8, there wasn't a mighty rushing wind sound, or Acts chapter 10. wasn't a thunderous all at once, suddenly, this explosive sound. That wasn't there in any of the other cases. In Acts chapter 2, there, were, there was fire that sat on people's heads. It says cloven tongues as a fire. That's not speaking in tongues. It's a tongue, a licking flame that sat on everybody's head. Now, this is the day of Pentecost, which commemorated the giving of the law. And the giving of the law took place at Mount Sinai, where the law was given. And, and on that mountain, there was thundering and lightning and lots of sound. So you have this kind of parallel between Sinai and when the day of Pentecost was fully come in Acts chapter 2. But they spoke in tongues. And when they spoke in tongues, there were people that heard them speak in tongues and understood what they were saying. That's in Acts chapter 2. But in Acts chapter 8 or 10 or 19 or some of those other places, you, you, don't, you don't have anybody that, you have no fire and you have nobody understanding what's being said per se in other tongues. Are you with me? So, so you have the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. And then secondly, you have the gift of tongues. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 will mention this, and it's always in, in conjunction with the interpretation of tongues. Someone will speak in tongues, a language they've not naturally learned. They'll speak this something they don't understand and nobody else understands. And somebody else will have the gift of the interpretation of tongues and they will interpret that tongue and it's a message to the church. Why does God do it that, <laughs> that way? We've had that happen here at LifePoint. I have no idea because there's another gift of the Spirit called prophecy where it's just an inspired utterance. The Lord speaks to someone and they say, thus saith the Lord. We've had that happen here too. You know, this is what the Lord is saying. And, and it's a, a, a language you understand for us. Most of us, it would be English. We get English, so it would come across in English. It's inspired of the Lord, and, and it's, it's a word from the Lord in our language. When somebody speaks in tongues and then it's interpreted, it's kind of like the equivalent of a prophetic word because we're getting the message that just had an extra step in it. Why does God do that? I have no idea. The Bible says the gifts are given as he wills. So the gifts of the Spirit, the gift of tongues is a type of tongue. It's, it's one of the categories. Initial evidence is another type of tongue, the initial evidence. Then there's also third, praying in tongues or praying in the Spirit. It's been popular uh, in charismatic circles, it's, it's popularly called a prayer language, your prayer language. 
And it's just, it's, it's kind of garden variety. It's what you do. In Jude, Jude talked about praying in the Holy Ghost. Paul said, I will pray with, this, with the understanding, and I'll pray without the understanding. I'll sing in the Spirit. I'll sing with the understanding. The idea of praying in a language I don't understand, the prayer language. And, and I want to talk about that tonight. It's been my observation through many years of personally speaking in tongues as well as ministering throughout the Pentecostal movement, even some within the charismatic movement, and, and, and a lot of people speak in tongues. You know this. Back in the day, in the early 20th century, there was a revival of this. People didn't do this. I mean, th there were pockets that did, but not in the general population of Christianity. People didn't do this because cessationist theology, that had ceased. But in the 20th century with Azusa and on, man, you've had like a lot of people start speaking in tongues. Catholics have Steubenville and, and Catholic renewals in this area. Catholics speaking in tongues. I worked for the Episcopal Church in Maryland for four years. They went to Curseo. And at Curse they, I asked them, what's Curseo? They said, it's where we all go speak in tongues. I'm like, wow, check it out. We do that like at church. You know, like that's what we do, but that's cool, you know. They spoke in tongues at Curseo. And so a lot of people speak in tongues. It's, you, you can't, listen, you can't control God. And who would want to, right? I tell you, the last thing I want to do is call something that God's doing not a work of God. Isn't that what the Pharisees did? They looked at the ministry of Jesus and said, that's of the devil. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do that. If God's, God doesn't have to move only within my tribe. God can move outside my tribe, my group. Well, I, you know, maybe you don't believe that. I don't know. I'm just talking out loud here, but. I, I uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit, God has moved powerfully, and there are a lot of people that speak in tongues. And don't get me wrong, I know there's counterfeits, I know there's fakes, I know there's goofiness. I don't have to qualify that. I'm very aware of all of that. But you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's been my observation that people who speak in tongues regularly do so with a particular sameness, a cadence, a syntax, a dialect, an accent. As a matter of fact, it can become ingrained into your brain, into your memory, how you speak in tongues. There are men of God, women of God that I grew up respecting, and I heard them pray in the Spirit. And I could mimic them. Some of them I can mimic to this day. They're praying in the spirit. Valerie just said don't do it, right? <laughs> so here she is, right, trying to put, fetter the pulpit right here. I'm going to get in trouble again. Uh, so the thing is, oh, get back on track, Donovan. I can mimic them to this day. I remember the words they said. And you may have like not grown up in this, <clears throat> so you're, you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But some of y'all grew up in this. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you've been around a time or two, that, 
you hear somebody talking in tongues, you're like, I know who that is. That's brother so-and-so. That's how he talks. That's him. They say the same thing over and over. And even in my own life, I found myself doing the same exact things. Uh, you know, in, in the syllables and all that stuff. Uh, now, <clears throat> so when you're used in the gift of tongues, uh, like in those, the gift of tongues that we talked about, <clears throat> sometimes it will be very different. And I've experimented and I've tried to push my boundaries in my speaking in tongues and I can't explain all of that, but uh, I don't know how I sounded when I first was filled with the Holy Spirit because I was very young and spoke in tongues, but I have a suspicion that it was a primitive version of how I pray in the Spirit today. And this is fascinating to me. It's just fascinating. Crit critics of tongue talking will say it's just ridiculous and a bunch of mumbo jumbo or gibberish. But I have become convinced that what is happening, especially when you are praying in the Spirit, hear what I'm saying, when you are praying in other tongues, is that you are praying God's calling and destiny over your life. The Holy Ghost is inspiring you to pray your I am statement, which in turn is calling it and Causing it to come to pass in your life. First Corinthians 12, 3, Paul says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks mysteries. Those mysteries are things you do not understand, but they are the will of God. You cannot pray any more in the will of God than when you are praying in the Holy Ghost. First John 5, 14 says, If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and grants us what we've asked. That famous verse in Romans 8, 28, which says, and we know, and we've got it on our kitchen refrigerator. We've, we've got it, you know, I mean, on your living room refrigerator. Why did I say kitchen refrigerator? We've got it on our refrigerator, magnets on, you know, things. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. It's directly linked to the previous two verses, Romans 8.26, Romans 8.27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Come on now. The good that is worked out is worked out through praying in the Spirit by praying in unintelligible speech or a language that you know, praying in tongues. Powerful. I grew up around people that we believed in speaking in tongues, but we didn't like to pray in the Spirit. We're like, I broke through, I spoke in tongues, and we like put a check on people like, they got the Holy Ghost. And they're like, I got the Holy Ghost. And then it was like a year later, they're like, I got the Holy Ghost X date a year ago. Five years. I got the Holy Ghost five years ago. Have you spoken in tongues since? No. I mean, am I supposed to? Yeah. <laughs> You are. And then it becomes this whole thing like, did I really get the Holy Ghost? 
I mean, I thought I did five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, but did I? Whereas if you pray in the Spirit on a daily basis, ain't no doubt. I know that I know that I know. Well, you just say the same thing over and over because I'm an individual and God's got an individual calling on my life and a destiny on my life. And, and I'm calling things that be not as though they were. The Holy Ghost knows how to pray the will of God because the Holy Ghost is God, right? And he'll pray through you. Now, <clears throat> when I was raised, let me tell you a little story. Uh, I was raised in a Pentecostal church, got the Holy Ghost, age seven, speaking in tongues. And uh, spoken tongues throughout my childhood and teenage years. I was a young preacher. I'm just going to tell you this story to give you some perspective. Some of you have heard it. Some of you haven't. Uh, I was uh, a young preacher. And through a series of tragic events, which included a moral failure uh, of a mentor and, and church trouble, I chose to walk another path. It was a fatal mistake. But uh, it's what happened. When I was 15 years of age, before that, tragedy, I had come home from a corporate prayer meeting where I had been seeking the will of God. I just told this story to somebody the other day. And I was praying and seeking God like I was 15. I was a good kid. Loved God. I was a, we didn't do Bible quizzing back then, Phyllis, but we did sword drills. Yeah. <laughs> I was a sword drill king. Me and Randall Harville. And I'd beat him most of the time. Really, he was terrible. But he was better than the other kids. I was superior. I ruled. I ran. It was all about winning. right? <laughs> and the sword drill was like, they say, turn to Isaiah 14. You had to have your Bible closed. Turn to Isaiah 14, 32. And you, you open it up and like stand up and read it, you know. I was a sword drill king. And uh, I was, you know, I was way into, uh, I love God. And at 15, I was very musical. I said, God, do you want me to do music? in ministry or do you want me to preach? I felt like God wanted me to do one or the other. And uh, the Lord uh, didn't answer me in that corporate prayer meeting. I went home. I was like, I still don't know us. And I was seeking God's 15, innocent, in my room, man. I opened my Bible, praying, seeking God. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I just kind of opened the Bible. I was reading, and I came across Romans 10, and it said, how can they hear without a preacher? And the Lord said, that's what I want you to do. If you'll preach. Your music will always complement your preaching ministry. It's 15. What do I know? I'm like, God, thank you. And I knew I could guide my life that way. So I sought to preach, and the music would, would always complement that. And, and that's, that's what I do to this day. And, and so uh, when, when that disaster took place, I was at Bible schools at a seminary, and uh, I got word of what had happened in my home church and went back to my home church. And I just uh, tried to help out. I quit Bible school. I got, I, I just, I was so hurt. And, and my church was going through just, it was just hell on earth, man. It was a difficult season. Church was split up. People fighting and fussing. And, and I just said, you know what? This is, I don't want to deal with this. I, I'm going to focus on my music. So instead of following the pattern, I got to do a music. It was Christian music. I wrote songs and stuff. I recorded the demo. I had some doors open up for me in Nashville. I went to Nashville. I was 
up there, isolated, uh, ran with a bad crowd, uh, became not the greatest guy, had a lot of struggles. And before long, I had questioned like, you know, Pentecostal holiness standards. And then I had questioned doctrine that I had been taught. And then when I got to Nashville, I wondered if the Bible was even true. And then I consider Christianity to just be like one of, you know, other global religions. And religion is the opium of the people. And, you know, I had my own way of looking at things. And I, I just I very quickly got off track just by putting my music first instead of my ministry first. I got bitter. I didn't know if I believed in God. But very long story short. Uh, got married, uh, married my girlfriend. She's sitting on the front row right here. And uh, she got in church, which just infuriated me because we weren't ever supposed to do that. She knew where I stood. She didn't care. She loved the Lord. And, uh, and I was so angry. And long, very long story short, I started trying. I got disillusioned with the path I was on. And I had the advantage of a prodigal. Prodigal knows the father's house. I was a prodigal who knew the father's house. Are you with me? Yeah. And, I, and I, I knew the peace that I had as a kid when I wasn't jaded and mad and angry because I was always shaking my fist, griping and complaining, man, and, and uh, so judgmental, accusing everybody else of being judgmental. And... Uh, and I, but there came this point where I, I wasn't happy, and I just said, Lord, I, I want to go back. I, I, if you're real, and I don't know if you are, but there was something I experienced as a kid that I don't have now. And I was going back to some of those experiences where I was humbled before the Lord. I would weep in the presence of God. I hadn't felt the presence of God for years. Goosebumps, you know, like. I, that, that sincerity of your heart and the Lord coming down and just, I hadn't felt that. And I said, I said, I don't know if you're real, but that's what I want. And I started listening to preachers that I had listened to as a kid because I was a weird kid. I used to listen to cassette tapes of preachers. Cassettes. Children, those. Cassettes. And I started listening to some of those old cassettes again. I didn't get what I was after. I heard one guy, James Kilgore, he was talking about fasting, so I fasted till my belly button fell off, and nothing helped. Like, I still didn't feel God. I didn't get any peace. I was hungry. I was trying to find my way back to the Father's house. I'm just going to tell you a weird little story in closing here that just helped me. And this was, I was a prodigal. I was a backslider. Didn't like that term, but that's what I was. And I came home from... Work one day on my lunch break. Valerie was away from the house. We didn't have any kids. And uh, I, I went into our room and I laid across the bed. And I said, God, I've tried everything. And I don't know if you're real. Uh, but if you are, I got one last thing I'm going to try. I said, when I was a kid, I used to speak in tongues. And I remember what I used to say. And God, I'm going to... Say those words from my memory. You hear what I'm saying? Because it was in my memory. I'm talking about a prayer language that God gifts you with. 
to pray every day the will of God into existence in your life. You want a ministry? You want to walk with God? You want, you want to fulfill the calling that God has on your life, whatever that may be? Pray in the Spirit. And I hadn't done that in years, but I had done it as a kid. I said, Lord, I remember my brain has stored those syllables, the syntax, the, the dialect. It stored it. I am going to say those words with my physical mouth coming from a physical memory. And y'all, laying across that bed, I'm just telling you, for the first time in many years, I started praying those words. And the first syllable I got out of my mouth, the Holy Ghost just flooded me. I mean, like, just like, it was like, it was something, it was so powerful, overwhelming, just bam. And man, it began to flow like that. And the Lord then spoke to my spirit. I hadn't felt that in years. The Lord spoke to my spirit and said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and dies, it abides alone. He said, son, you've got to let all of that go. Let all of those ideas you held on to go and let me show you who I am and what I can do in your life. And it was like I was born again, again, but it was the power of praying in the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you something. If you've never gone there, you need to go there. You don't know the river of life that's on the inside of you. The river, Jesus said, there's rivers of living water inside of you. I'm not talking about a flow. I'm talking about the source of the flow. The well is on the inside. of. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, it is the will of God that you pray in tongues. It is the will of God that you pray in the Spirit. It is the will of God. Come on, give him some praise right now. Hallelujah. It's, it's, it's just, it, and it was so good to be back. I am convinced the Holy Spirit was helping me pray the will of God over my own life. You know what I did after that? I had just bought $10,000 of music equipment, did I not? We went to Houston, I bought $10,000 worth of music equipment. I had a 1949 Sears Silvertone hollow body Maple jazz guitar, 1949. It was a beast. I had recording equipment. I had all this stuff. And I was making my demos and sending them off to my publisher and all this stuff. And, and after that happened to me, I, I sold all of my music equipment. And, and I said, I'm going to pursue my preaching ministry first. And then my music will always compliment me. I, I lined back up. It wouldn't have happened had I not had that breakthrough, y'all. Some of the breakthroughs you're waiting on, they'll come when you start praying in the Spirit. Jesus won't do that for you. Now, He'll do it through you, but you have to yield. You have to seek. It's mystical. Yes, it is. We, that's the problem. The church, we want to be able to, to, to read, and y'all know I'm a word guy, but we just want to read a few verses, recite a few verses, 
And forget about the mystical and the mystery and the pursuit and the feeling after God and seeking after God, humbling and getting our motives straightened out and dealing with those inward things and that flow of the Spirit. That's the problem, y'all. We've, we've got to get beyond up here and let it go deep down in here and then let it flow, let it flow. Just let it, let the Holy Ghost go in your life. And you're like, how can you let the Holy Ghost go? He's, he's, he's omnipotent. Yeah. But you can resist. Didn't the Bible say that? Resist not the Holy Ghost. Stiff-necked and uncircumcised. Do you always resist the Holy Ghost? You can resist or you can yield. Everybody say yield. yield. I love that. You just, you just yield. You just yield. So, if you've never spoken in tongues, we can help you go there. Coach you through a little bit, but you're going to have to go there. If you have spoken in tongues before, you need to ask God to help you. You need to pray in the Spirit. You need to learn how to do that. We can help you with that as well. Does that make sense? I, I know it's goofy and it's a little crazy, but we serve a God who is the creator of heaven and earth. We do a lot of strange things in our walk with him to the carnal mind. It's enmity to the carnal mind. It's, it's juxtaposed anti-Christ to the carnal mind. But to the spirit man, oh, it's renewed day by day, man. It's a, it's a life, man. It's just pray in the Holy Ghost. It's submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. I mean, there's spiritual stuff that come, comes against you. That You know, the Bible says that. It says that when, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise a standard against it. You're talking about doing some spiritual warfare, praying in the Holy Ghost, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Spirit of the, not by might, not by power, by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. Praying in the Spirit. There's something so profoundly powerful. And the bottom line is this. I believe when you're doing that, you're speaking the, the will of God that was known before you were ever born. The Bible says we've been ordained, foreordained to walk in good works. There's, there's things God's foreordained for you to do. And you won't see them. You know, you won't hear Him. So you ask and seek and knock and pray and Pray in the Spirit, and it'll help you go there. Amen? Why don't you stand with me right now? Something powerful about, you know, that's the thing. It's, uh, if the Lord... If, the, if it was just about getting to heaven, this is what God would do. He'd save you and kill you. Like, oh, man, they got saved. Uh, call, call Orso up here. We just got them saved. They're about to die. God's going to kill them. They just got saved. But it's not just about going to heaven. It's about fulfilling the will of God for your life. In this realm. But we need help in this realm. 
But we're not alone. We have help. The comforter who's been called alongside to help us. Jesus said, I'll not leave you comfortless. I will be with you. I will be with you. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that it's not just a Pentecostal thing. It's a Jesus thing, Lord. It's, it's, it's something you bought and paid for on the cross. This spake of the Spirit, which had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. It, it took your death. It took the cross. But now, out of your side comes the blood and the water. Comes the Spirit of the living God from that broken Savior that was resurrected and ever lives to make intercession. Now, the Spirit of God has been poured out. And Father, I pray, God, that this church would be a church that walks in the Spirit. It's empowered by the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are evident in our congregation, in our lives, in our families. I pray that men would lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting and pray and pray in the Spirit. Lead their families in it, God. I pray that women, Father, I pray that our ladies would pray in the Spirit as only they can do. Mothers praying over their children and praying over their husbands. And I pray, God, that you would raise up prayer warriors who knew, know how to do war and battle and warfare in the Spirit, God. Teach my hands how to fight, David said. Teach us, Lord, how to use these gifts and how to flow in this, God. How to pray like this, Lord. So that the will of God will be done on earth as it is in heaven in Jesus' name. Can you just lift your hands to him right now? Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.